loyal listeners, welcome new listeners to Runkle Recaps. Season 5, episode 22, Robots vs. Wrestlers. And I forgot to mention How I Met Your Podcast. And next to me, as always, is the lovely Jen Runkle. Hello, Hello. Jen. Howdy. So Jen's got a 40th birthday coming up. I do. In December. and we Don't ju- tell everyone. We just booked tickets <laughs> to Hawaii to celebrate. We're very excited about this. It's going to be awesome. Maybe we'll podcast live from Hawaii. I think we said that about 20 <laughs> times on 20 different trips. Never actually do it. No. I think we'll be busy. Well, Robots versus Wrestlers, I've been really looking forward to this. I've got to say, you know, the, the party scene is an A+. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, for me, was like a C, C-. minus. Yeah. I mean, I laughed really hard at some parts, but the rest of it, I was like, oh, this is like... A little slower or a little, like, just not quite as funny as I thought this whole episode was going to be. Right. I think we go, our brains go straight to the party scene. I also feel like maybe I enjoy the robots versus wrestler part in the first watching or two and not so much as in a much later rewatch. Right. I mean, it's very short. Robots versus wrestlers. I forgot how bad the representation of it was. (laughs) Like, the robots actually weren't all that bad, but the wrestler activity was like, hey, just move around until we cut off, you know, until we point the camera elsewhere. What are you talking about? Mexican wrestler Ted um, no, his decapitated. Was fine. I, I'm, I'm speaking of no, the, the first guy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to go backwards for one second. I like, just kind of want to know if we have listeners in Hawaii. So if you're from Hawaii, let us know. Agreed. We have a couple emails. Oh, yay. Our, we'll read our first email because it's from Alex from Birmingham, England, writing again. Thank you, Alex. Welcome back, Alex. And he's not covering this episode, so we'll read his. And then we have a, uh, finally a, an email from Danielle. Danielle, you're alive. And we'll do hers at the end because it's specifically about robots versus wrestlers. Okay. So Alex writes, hey, I've just finished The Window, so I finally caught up with the previous podcast episodes before I started listening. Looking forward to the next episode. Can't believe Jen has never watched Buffy. So many Buffy and Angel alumni in Himium, too. Hmm. A Buffy podcast finished the other week, actually, buffering the Vampire Slayer, though their episodes did get longer and longer as they went on. <laughs> and ours haven't, so that's no. nice. Not I've never really. watched Buffy either. Actually, like, I'm sure I'd like it. I just never got around to it. I did see the movie. And I got you to see the movie. I think I had you watch it with me some, yeah, at some point. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I may have seen that when I was a kid, too. I can't remember. I think it was uh, shortly after Luke Perry passed away to pay homage to him. I don't remember that part. He goes on. Yeah, as you thought, when Lily looks all evil with her hair flowing, I forgot the episode, that's rather like her playing Dark Willow when the magic becomes too much for her. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Which, which I think we read in the trivia. I see Jen predicted the late queen's passing in dual citizenship. I did? Oh, God. <laughs> I think you were kind of like, how old is she? She can't make it for much longer. Something like oh, that. No. I'm sorry, universe. I mean... Or, or maybe... Well, listen to the rest of his sentence. This might help us. Okay. If Canadian banknotes are like English banknotes, apparently... They'll gradually introduce new notes and coins with King Charles III on, and they'll circulate together for a while. Regards, oh, Alex. Oh, that's right. Okay, because that was my question of, like, yeah, how do you, they just make all brand new money when the queen passes? I spoke it into existence. Great, Jen. I mean, she was really old. 
yeah, she, she had an impressive run. All right, well, let's get into it. We start off in McLaren's. The gang's all there except for Robin, and Barney has a surprise for everyone. I like that he's doing the whole, guess what I have on my back. <laughs> Lily says, uh, I got this one left. Wrong game, but correct. Do you know what that means? Like, sometimes people say, you know, choose which hand, left uh, hand or right hand. And so that's what she was doing. Even though he only had his left hand behind his back? Did he? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, because I was trying to figure out what the hell this could have possibly been referring to. <laughs> so it's, it's tickets to robots versus wrestlers, which everyone shows a lot of excitement for. We also find out they've never heard of this <laughs> or seen it. But it just sounds cool. He did get five tickets. Lily wants to know who the fifth is for, and he says, Robin. He assumes that no matter what she said about spending more time with Don and less with them, this is robots versus wrestlers. So right. there's no way she's going to say no to that. And then we immediately cut to Robin. <laughs> no to that. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the phone with Lily. Um, she's talking about how she already has plans with Don and reminds her that she's got to give Don a chance, which includes not always hanging out with ex-boyfriends. And they get off the phone. Or, Lily says she misses her, and then we get from Robin, oh, I miss you too. Listen, I gotta go. Talk soon. Okay, bye. Sorry. Sorry, New York. <laughs> I had to take that. Now, where were we? Yeah, yeah, the bus crash. <laughs> Terrible. So she sends her the I phone. Mean, kind of qu- a few questions here. Like, first of all, where's Don? <laughs> Second of all, when did she devolve into answering phone calls? <laughs> it's because air? not next episode, I think two episodes, which is the final episode, is when Don leaves. Oh, that's soon. Yeah, okay. he's gonna. She's gonna get an offer in the next either next week or the week after. Okay, I didn't realize it was quite that quick. But good question. Yeah, why isn't Don with her in this? So Barney can't believe that she said no. <laughs> Robots versus wrestlers is our most important tradition as a group. Lee points out they've never done it before, but it's robots versus wrestlers. And Barney says this is how it starts. Robin's gonna marry Don. Lily and Marsha are gonna have kids. And then Ted... Ted pipes up, gets married? Well, Barney was going to say, found alone in his apartment, devoured by his cats, but either way, not pretty. Yeah, Barney is really freaking out this episode. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I mean, I guess when your entire life is just hooking up and you're not really searching for anything meaningful when your friends start moving on, that is probably kind of scary. Yeah, and we all know that couple that, before we got married and had kids... The couple that gets married and has kids will disappear. Right. They are not showing up anymore. Right. You're either going to have to just participate in the very few social things they actually do, like their kid's birthday party, which would have to be torture for anybody <laughs> who doesn't have their own kids there. Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, the first year after we moved out of D.C., I think we went to two things. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's funny because when we lived in D.C. and were without child... Leaving the city to do anything seemed like a nightmare. Right. But now you and I, we go into the city maybe every other month at yeah. least. Yeah. Well, no, I was just thinking more of like... Like the, one the, night a month. The but. stuff that we would do with friends. Like out of all the events and the things that were happening, like we probably made it to two of them. And we would year, love to but. hang out with our friends that we left behind in the city, but they were pretty much all gone. <laughs> they all moved so away too. So. <laughs> they all moved away. It's a good thing we weren't like... We're never going to have kids, and we'll just hang out in the city with our friends forever. Yeah, I <laughs> wonder how it would be tough to sort of establish a new group. We would have had to find, like, a stripper version of one of our friends, and kind of like Barney does later right, on. Just Takes replace. on stripper Lily and her pimp. <laughs> so, yeah, Barney's getting very emotional in this episode, and it's starting here. 
And then we get a little back and forth with Lily and Marshall that Lily's kind of saying, well, kids are way off for us. And then Marshall's countering with, well, not just a medium way. And there's a little back and forth Mm -hmm. with that. It's kind of funny. Yes. It's in the distance, but Marshall is seeing exit signs. And Ted knows how Barney feels and wants to quote Emerson in a poem that he wrote called Friendship. And he starts it and Barney immediately makes a farting noise. I'm not good at doing it. <laughs> I'm hit or miss on it. I'm not even going to try right now. And then everyone laughs. Every time someone makes these farting noses on Ted, everyone else laughs at it. Pretty right. hard. Like, do they think it's funny or do they just like dunking on Ted? Both. And we get a cut in from narrator Ted saying this is how it always has been. Every time he tries to get a little high-minded. We get a couple of flashbacks of times he's trying to share fancy things. Elaborate on wine. Uh, pontificate about uh, an answer that he's found in a crossword puzzle, including the word lyric baritone, which will come back around. And every time he gets a farting noise. Now, this is in canon. We've seen him behind-minded many times in this show, and they've never shown anyone giving a farting noise. Mm-hmm. So this is just one of those occasions where we're, we're going to have to right. excuse their... <laughs> we see this once and never again. Their non-canonical tendencies. Right. And then he doubles down and... Tries to <laughs> recite a line from Dante's Inferno, which I don't know how he thought that was going to go over well. Yeah, more farting noises. And he he just plows through. Yeah, Everyone he, makes their own farting noises. Uh, yeah, he gets up. like three lines in and then just walks away and gives up. They kind of drove him away with it all. They move to the apartment and Barney's starting to settle himself down, like admits he's probably overreacting. And then he sees an envelope on... Ted's desk and starts freaking out that it's a wedding invitation from Robin. (laughs) Turns out it's just mail from Marissa Heller, apparently someone that lived there before them. And Barty somehow hasn't heard of this person yet, even though they've been constantly getting mail for her. But he's like, Marissa Heller, she sounds hot. Face, (laughs) boobs, subscribe, start with boobs. I feel like that's a standard line for Barney. Oh, yeah. She sounds hot. And we get a flashback of uh, when Ted and Marshall were first living in the apartment. Marshall's getting excited because they got a whole bunch of mail, all for Marissa Heller. And then there's one for current occupant, which is them. So they got. They <laughs> yeah, Marshall's pretty this. psyched about that. Um, did you notice? <laughs> so Ted's in the kitchen with a box labeled pot lids. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's in it because that's. The only thing that survived when he tried to move in with Robin, Robin, Mm because Barney stole everything else. But that's—I know it's a callback, but it's still strange that he would have packed his lids. Yeah, no, it makes no sense whatsoever. But yeah, it's a little callback, just kind of hidden in there. So through all this mail, they're kind of piecing together who this Marissa Heller is. She likes golfing, wicker, birds. Ted pretends like he's going to forward the mail. Millie just tells him to open it, so he does. No one forwards mail. No, the mail yeah, forwards you, itself. Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't changed your address with the post office, that's your problem. Right, like how would you even do that? I mean, I guess you could just say return to sender, but that's not forwarding anything. Right. So Lily says open it, and it's an invitation to Jefferson Van Smoot's annual spring social this Saturday night. Ted's really excited because it's going to be in the Alberta, which is, I guess, his favorite or what he considers the most beautiful building in Manhattan. He really wants to go. He gets pushed back because of Robots versus yeah. Wrestler. It's the same night. 
he points out there's free booze. <laughs> so they revise the agenda. Um, did we catch the Van Smoot? Yeah. So, so we've heard Van Smoot a few times. We that's it's the Van Smoot mansion where they got married, mm-hmm. and we'll later meet the captain who is a part of the Van Smoot family. Yes. I'm surprised he doesn't end up at this party. Who knows? He could have been anywhere. <laughs> yes, he's just in the background. That that would have been a funny callback if you know just did a flashback to that party and he was just there. <laughs> yeah, sort of like they did with Will Sasso as the bar car, uh, the bartender that wasn't Carl. I forget. His name oh, right now. yeah. <laughs> okay, we're at the Alberta. The four of them are there, and the plan is to have Lily pretend to be Marissa, and um, Barney's kind of coaching her before she goes in and says, you know. Be confident, you're her, just so we're clear, no accent. Sure she's not British, isn't it? <laughs> Which <laughs> is a another callback. <laughs> to how she was constantly speaking with a British accent after they did the James Bond marathon. Right. I forget what episode. Well, it was intervention, yeah, because they had to stop her from doing it. Right. As she's going up to introduce herself to the doorman, she gets cut off by another woman who ends up being Marissa Heller. I mean, thank goodness Lily let her go first. Marissa's, yeah, exactly. Marissa's played by the actress Darby Stanchfield, who's better known for, she was in the full run, pretty much, of Scandal. Mm. She's also in Five Mad Men, but I can't really place who she was in Mad Men. I saw the character name. Me too. And now I'm blanking on it. I, I, thought, I almost thought I knew it for a second, but I think I lost it. Uh, <laughs> I like Marshall. Her teeth look really nice. She must be remembering to go to the dentist even right. without those reminder postcards. So Barney's going to take this over and go up and try and sort of blind hit on her in a way. Introducing himself like, do you remember me? We met at that gathering for bird owners. Playing off of the mail that she got. <laughs> right. And she doesn't think so. Wicker lovers? And it's, he just fails. Yeah. <laughs> Ted's got this, though. He goes up and starts talking about the history of the elevator. Right. And, and the architect who made the building. Yeah, we skipped over at first, but he was like, you know, trying to talk to the group about the building as they came in. And he got another fart noise. So he's continuing in his conversations about the building. And yeah, Louis Larmer Skolnick. Louis Skolnick is actually a character in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> and there was also a character named Lamar in Revenge of the Nerds. Hmm, okay. So that's, I think that's where they got days. that. What's that? So doesn't that movie not hold up at all these days? Why? I don't know. Isn't the- oh, yeah, they... Okay. They videotaped the sorority house as revenge, part of their revenge. Or they install cameras in and are pretty much watching them naked. Ah. Yeah. The, the sorority girls kind of deserved it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, they didn't rape any of them. They do do a panty raid after that do on them. Was it, I thought I read something that there was some sort of sexual assault or swap or something. Um, the main character did fool the main sorority girl to sleeping with him when she thought he was her boyfriend. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> At least they had it when he, when he pulled off the mask, she was impressed with his skills and fell in love with him. So, oh, so it was exactly okay. exactly how it would happen. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> Tangent. Um, and Marissa Heller buys into this. She's like, oh, a Skolnick fan. And they start going down the road of talking about... I like how she's talking about uh, the juxtaposition between the, Norman, the North German Renaissance exterior. <laughs> right. So she pronounces Renaissance just like Ted does. <laughs> and Barney's about to make a farting noise as they're having this conversation. Lily's like, no, no, no. It's working. Don't do that. 
Right. So Ted just kind of admits, like, you know, we're not in the guest list, but we really wanted to see inside here, and Marissa kindly invites them up with her. Lily on the elevator starts to try and lure Marissa into conversation by asking if anyone's been watching The Young and the Restless, and then we get a flashback of Marissa Heller getting a soap opera illustrated. Soap opera illustrated. So Marissa Heller says she doesn't own a TV, and the only opera she watches are at the Met, and then everyone kind of looks disgusted, although Ted Yeah, it kind of pans dibs. from yeah, Marshall to Barney to Ted, who's looking, yeah. Like, so what do we like think? Is, is she lying about this, or...? No, I think she is that kind of person, and it's like these magazines that randomly appear at our house that okay. I never subscribe to. <laughs> I could see that. But Lily, like, just doesn't get the hint. <laughs> She's, like, really pushing. You'd think after the first time of nobody answering, she'd be like, oh, okay, never mind. They go in, and it's a very fancy party. Barney says one word, made up, douche-pocalypse. Which is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Ted starts spazzing out because it's all sorts of people he is excited to see. Right, so we get Peter Bogdanovich, who's sort of a, a really famous director, but most of the big things he directed that were hits were back in the 70s. So okay. he's not as common a name now, although people might recognize him as... The psychiatrist, psychiatrist on The Sopranos. Oh, I did not make that connection. And so some of his big hits were The Last Picture Show and Love Story were his. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Also, we have Ariana Huffington, well-known political panelist and has, you know, started the Huffington Post. Yeah, Uber investor, according to Portrayed by (laughs) Uma Thurman and... Shoot, what was that show called? Super Super Pumped. Pumped. That's right. And then Will Shorts, who's editor of the New York Times Crossword. He's the only one of these people I didn't really know until this episode. Right. So Ted says, come on, give us 20 minutes here. Free booze, free food. And then we cut to uh, actor Michael York having a conversation about Giovanna Artusi. So he's Jefferson Von Smith. Right. So that's that was very confusing for me. It was very confusing, yes. <laughs> I didn't realize it until I saw the... And I've seen this this episode about a dozen times. I always thought he was playing himself in this. Oh, see, I didn't even write... Like, I knew I knew him, but I, his name wasn't coming to mind. Michael York, for our generations and the ones not long behind us, most probably best known for Austin Powers as <laughs> right. Basil. Yes. And if you're older or a movie buff, you might know him from Cabaret. He was on a few episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm as himself and one of the folks that was investing in the restaurant with Larry. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, yeah, I was very confused by this because why is Michael York constantly telling them what these artifacts around the apartment are from? (laughs) Then as I continued to watch it tonight, I noticed that the captions on the bottom... We're referring to him as Jefferson mm-hmm. with what he said. So it's like, oh, he's Jefferson Van Smoot. <laughs> right. He's not Michael York in this. <laughs> Could have worked either way. Right. But, but yeah, it's funnier because he gets to talk about <laughs> all the stuff. And as he's talking about music with some of his friends, uh, Ted cuts in and asks if he's talking about Monteverdi and his fourth book of Madrigals. Oh, is that what you were talking about? Yeah. I, I asked Jen <laughs> earlier tonight. What's her, what her favorite madrigal is. And I answered from the movie Encanto. What does that even mean? That's their that... last name. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good one. Surprised you didn't question this more. You didn't know that. Um, I was really confused about why you were asking. <laughs> Never. 
got an explanation. So Jefferson, my dear chap, what else? Ted, that's my favorite book of madrigals. <laughs> Which doesn't sound like the sophisticated response to this, but his enthusiasm is funny. Right. Um, so yes, <laughs> you did this before I had watched yes. <laughs> the episode. <laughs> we have, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten the reference either if I hadn't just watched it. <laughs> right. So we get, you know, just a lot of cuts back and forth between, you know, Ted's fascination and like ability to have these conversations and then everybody else just like. Striking out yeah. on every attempt they have to interact with these people. Yeah. I mean, we this s- is clearly a fancy party and yeah, Marshall and Lily are offered smoked foie gras. And with caramelized mango and creme fraiche, or fresh. Um, and Marshall, instead of just being like, "This I think is it's a fan," fraiche, not fresh. Fresh. Creme fresh is, is what it? I'm going with. That doesn't sound French enough. Hmm. We can look it up later. Um, I'm dying to. But instead of taking the hint, Marshall asks if there's a mini cheeseburger or mini pizza, little cup of fries. Anything to make them look like a giant. (laughs) Right. There's really not getting a read of the room here. And Lily. (laughs) I know you told me to look at Lily when they're doing the Willem Dafoe thing, but Lily here, too, is kind of like that same, like, little smile of, like... (laughs) She's, yeah, she's very impressed with Marshall's interactions, although (laughs) she shouldn't be. Right. (laughs) The waiter says, I'll check, sir. Marshall. He's, he's not going to check. We cut to Barney trying to hit on somebody by saying he's performing open-heart surgery on the Dutch ambassador in the morning. And for some reason, this woman knows that what pills this Dutch <laughs> right. ambassador's taking and that she, he wouldn't take it if he was going to go undergo surgery, or she were going to undergo surgery. Right, and so, yeah, Barney... Ridiculous. Yeah, so Barney had called the Dutch ambassador. He, you know, this lady points out it's a she, and Barney just... <laughs> just, Okay. okay. <laughs> Then we have Ted hanging out with Marissa Heller and some older woman, and he's quoting a great article on Walt Whitman. Um, and it turns out this is the professor that wrote that great article. So again, he's scoring big. Um, we go to a conversation going on led by Peter Bogdanovich. He's quoting Truffaut. Uh, something about film as an auteur's medium, full stop. Marshall saunters over. Movies, right? Actors. Willem Dafoe. All right, so during this scene, the best part of it, it's it's great what he's saying here, and he's delivering it so well, mm-hmm. but Lily's face, again, just so <laughs> entertained by what he's like, sharing Like, this is the first time them. she's ever heard this, which maybe it is, but <laughs> just delighted. So, yeah, Marshall's has nothing to add to their conversation except for Funny thing about Willem Dafoe, his name kind of sounds like a frog talking to a parrot. <laughs> Willem Dafoe! Willem Dafoe! <laughs> no? <laughs> Cut back to Barney. Now he's hitting on uh, Ariana Huffington. Um, Claiming to be the undersecretary of the treasury. And then she just tells him he's too old for her taste, <laughs> which is a good turnaround on Barney. Right. She walks away. He refers to her as Zsa Zsa Gabor, just because they have similar accents. Uh, okay. I thought just because she was older and blonde. Do you know who Zsa Zsa Gabor is? She's like an actress or dancer or something. Yeah, she was an actress. There's two Gabor sisters, and I can't remember which ones did which, but one of them was on Green Acres, which was a sitcom of okay. rich people that moved into the country in... Uh, so like the opposite of... In like the 70s, early 70s, late 60s? 
And then they just sort of became synonymous with rich older women that got a lot of plastic surgery and okay. one of them got arrested for slapping a cop that pulled her over and oh, had to go to jail for it. At any rate, so... Yeah, so Barney wants to bail on the party. Lily agrees. They want to find Ted. Marshall <laughs> thinks he knows the best way, so he picks up this giant drumstick and bangs a gong that's sitting in the so living room. Loud. What's wrong with him? He even says gongs, right? Louder than you think. think. And then Jefferson Bates smooches just Young runs man, <laughs> that gong is a 500-year-old relic that hasn't been struck since W.S. Gilbert hit it in the London premiere of The Mikado in 1885. <laughs> and then he just walks away. Marshall immediately turns it around. His wife's a 500-year-old relic that hasn't been struck. <laughs> and then he requotes the right. whole thing. I mean, impressive. Yeah. Ted runs up, guys, 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 Will Shorts. Editor of the, the Times crossword. And then he points, he has Will Shorts back him up on the reason why they always use Yuli for Yuli's gold, which is a callback to something from an earlier episode. Right. And then I like how Will Shorts is sort of excited with him. Right. I mean, I wonder how often Will Shorts meets people that are super psyched about the crossword. <laughs> and about him. So the gang wants to talk to Ted for a second. Ted, Ted says to Will, Will, ten-letter word for diminutive egg-based tort. Miniquiche? Where? <laughs> Immediately gets it. And so Ted's psyched. Such a great party. Such a great party. They all want to go. It's time to go. Robots versus wrestlers o'clock. And as they're talking, Marissa comes up and tells Ted that they'll be doing a blind taste testing, a blind taste testing French wines in a bit. It should be a hoot and a half. Someone should shoot her. <laughs> I mean, she seems perfect for Ted. Oh, yeah. No doubt. He... But she's very Karen-ish. Yes. Yeah. I, I think she'd be another Karen. Right. Um, Ted can't miss that. Yeah. I think I've said that to you. I'm sure you have. A few times. <laughs> and as she walks away, uh, he says, I know, you can't decant white wine. <laughs> Lily picks up a candlestick. Um... Channeling Clue, Miss Lily in the living room with a candlestick. Oh, my heavens, no! That was <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe's! And again, Lily is a guest in someone's home, and she's just picking up random That stuff. wasn't nearly... I mean, that was one one-hundredth. Oh, yeah, As yeah, bad yeah. as the I gong. Know. No, the gong was a thousand times worse, for sure. But, again, guys, read the room. <laughs> Can't take them anywhere. No. So Ted decides he's going to skip Robots versus Wrestlers. He's having a good time. Barney heavily objects. He says, Ted, you never miss Robots versus Wrestlers. Right. He's offended that Ted's going to ditch them for the stuffy, pretentious snoots. And Ted said he likes these people. They don't make fart noises every time he opens his mouth. And, and Barney starts to threaten that if he doesn't come, it's the end of their friendship. And then finally he says, care. yeah, fine, you're out of the game forever. You can reapply in two years. <laughs> And then Barney gongs the gong on his So loud. He like almost jump hits it. (laughs) They cut away for commercial. What would be a commercial, obviously not on what we were watching, but that makes it easier to sort of cut into the next scene where Jefferson can ask Ted where the chums of his scooted off to. And he claims they went to a poetry reading and then they immediately cut to robots versus wrestlers. And this looks stupid. Like I said, (laughs) right. A couple problems with it. One, the the human wrestler is just like clearly fake 
doing anything. It's it's really they they put very little effort into his movement. Secondly, my problem with this, if this was a real thing, is if this guy's shirtless, I'd be really nervous about getting my skin caught in this robot because his oh, moving parts yeah. are very yeah. like angular and your skin gets in there. That's really gonna pinch. Ew, you're freaking me out. <laughs> so are you offended <laughs> by this as a former wrestler? That's not the kind of wrestling I did, Jen. So no, I'm not. Well, did you think they were going to be, like, actually wrestling the robots? I thought maybe they could fake a little better. Now, the Ted one do- does well. The Ted dot. No, I meant, like, regular wrestling, not, like, the WWE wrestling. No, I knew it was going to be WWE wrestling. I was just making a bad but, joke. Okay. <laughs> as long as she, that's the worst joke of the night now. <laughs> just I, trying to bring up something you're interested in. Then we go to... Uh, this scene's not great, because it's just kind of Barney being... Annoying, Right. And freaking out and saying stupid things. And I did kind of like the, you know, Lily says Ted's allowed to have a life outside the group. We all are. And Barney says, wait, why are you saying that all of a sudden? Oh, God, you're pregnant. And then he goes, oh, God, you already had the baby. It's right behind me, isn't it? <laughs> Which I, I have as competing with your joke is the worst joke. Because <laughs> it's just so dumb. I thought it was kind of funny. I like Lily, though. No, you idiot. <laughs> I like when they call each other idiots. I'm not sure why that's so funny to me. Right. We Barney. actually hear the robot yeah. saying, is that all you got, bitch, to the... To the wrestler. Yeah. Right. So Barney tries to get Lily to promise that she won't be pregnant for at least another year. Lily can't do it. That is very exciting for Marshall. We go back to the party. Ted's doing that blind wine tasting, and he guesses the origin of where the wa- the grapes that were made that were used to make the wine, which is a major callback to Karen because when right. Ted's telling her how awful she is in relationships, she says, um, "You know, you're right. I am awful in relationships. I'm good at I'm good at a few things." Uh, and she names a few things, inc- including identifying the grape where the <laughs> right. that was that was used to make the wine within some sort of like ten, 10 mile ra- of- radius of the vineyard. Didn't Ted do something at a restaurant, like call out the the wine list for being incorrect or something? Yeah, somewhere? but that's not as direct a quote as what Karen was saying. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. He's actually no, doing what Karen was saying she right, could do. Right, true. But I was just, because I was trying to think of like, since when is Ted so fancy about wine? But I didn't then remember that. We're back at Robots versus Wrestlers. There's, you know, just a lot of back and forth again with um, Barney saying they can't have a kid yet. I won't really get into that. I. It does, this scene does, or this cut does end with Barney saying, I hope Ted's miserable right now. <laughs> they cut back to <laughs> Ted, Jefferson, Will Shorts, and um, Peter Bagdanovich singing a cappello. And this is a direct homage to the movie Trading Places, where four, char- four men in Trading Places are singing this song a cappello to a group of sitting fancy women in a country club. Okay. Um, I don't, I tried to look up sort of the, the origin of this song. Apparently it's from like the 1700s or something, but. Okay. Oh, and then we get our lyric baritone callback. Right. Thank you, Will Shorts. <laughs> yes. They don't always have to say his first and last name at the same time. Apparently they do. I mean, is that a made up last name? What is a Z at the end of their name like that? I think he's a real person. No, I know, but I wonder if he like just made up that last name. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't seem made up to me. Okay. Seemed a little weird. It's like a username. 
<laughs> robots um, versus wrestlers. Well, I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah, and then we're back to robots versus wrestlers and Barney trying to put parameters around how they can have a baby. Because <laughs> they have to promise to always love him more than the baby. Yeah. As he's going through these rules, they all pause and gasp. And we can only see the back of the head of an unmasked wrestler out on the wrestling mat. Mm-hmm. And we see Barney snapping a picture. Right. And then we cut back to the party, and it's we just the camera's just on Ted in a close-up right now, and he's saying something about Don. He likes to think about hell as Dante did in the Divine Comedy. And, and everyone's just yeah. They pan yeah. out. Everyone's paying attention to what he's saying. So he wants to recite what he's talking about to them in the original Italian, just as he was going to do mm-hmm. in the bar. So he stands up and to you know to a rapt audience. He's not just reciting the words in Italian, but also using his whole body as emphasis. <laughs> well, having this internal monologue about, you know, first he's excited, nobody's making fart noises. And then he starts realizing, like, how douchey he's sounding, and he wants to stop. Yeah, this is crazy how he can recite all this and have so much internal monologue yes. simultaneously. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, even just speaking, like, you know, just talking in English, let alone... Reciting something in Italian. So, as they're scanning the party, they're going past Peter Bagdanovich, who's holding his hands up in, like, L shapes to in front of his face. Ted. He had a frame of, like, this douchey, tropey camera view <laughs> that you see in movies or TV sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ted's saying, you know, he's coming off as the biggest douche on the planet and is an internal monologue as he sort of starts to wind down what, how highly he thinks of himself in this moment mm-hmm. and says, I wish somebody would stop me. And then the older Ted, narrator Ted says, and then somebody did. Yeah, his cell phone beeps. Barney sent him the picture that he took. He excuses himself in Italian. Scusi. <laughs> right. Moment. And so then can... the narrator reminds us that we've seen a lot of Doppelgangers so far, including Lesbian Robin, Mustache Marshall, and of course Stripper Lily. And now we have Mexican wrestler Ted. And we see the face. <laughs> right. And Mexican wrestler Ted like just completely destroys this robot, decapitates When they show everything. the face and him yeah, destroying it, I thought it was stupid, but it really actually made me laugh out loud. <laughs> and I don't know why. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was very silly. From there we go to McLaren's. Oh, and when Ted sees that picture, I'm sorry, he says he's got to go. And so he leaves the party abruptly. When we go to McLaren's, Barney's drunk now and on his 83rd rule. And, you know, 83 is his number, right? Right. And then as he's sort of winding down, Lily and Marsha start talking about whether Lily's really there yet. Um, Because Marshall thinks they're ready. He doesn't think a baby would change their lifestyle all that much. But Lily points out if we were at home with a baby tonight, we wouldn't have seen Ted's doppelganger. So the the end result is them agreeing that when they finally see the fifth doppelganger, which would be Barney, they'll go ahead and try, start trying to have a baby. Yeah, that's the sign from the universe. Lily sets this up by saying, we agree there's no sense in having a baby until we've seen all five doppelgangers. And then stealing a line from Jen, Marshall says, of course, stands <laughs> for reason. <laughs> so Ted comes back in and enters the bar. And Barney at first rejects him, but then begs him to stay and says that he'll let him recite all the douchey poems he wants without making farting noises. 
And then Ted says, really? Because there's something I'd like to recite. And he's going back to Friendship by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And as he's starting to recite it, Robin enters making the farting noise. She actually, you hear it from off screen. Right, you don't know who's doing it, and then we see her. So, yep, she has rejoined the group. Unclear why she did this now and not during Robots vs. Wrestlers. Well, she had plans to eat Chinese with Oh, that's Don. true. We sort of skipped over that. Yeah, that's true. Because there was a bad joke that followed it, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that was bad. And so we just get, you know, older Ted kind of narrating over that, you know, it would be nice if we hadn't all drifted apart, but, you know, of course it's going to happen, but they still get together for Robots vs. Wrestlers. And I challenge this, because I feel like we see as... At the very end of season nine, we sort of see what happens after Ted and Tracy get right. together. And it seems like there's some gaps in when they see each other for longer periods of time yeah. than this. Yeah, when I was reading the trivia, I think it said, like, you know, Robin didn't see the group much between, like, 2016 and 2020. Right. The final shot is Peter Bagdanovich leaving the party, entering the elevator, and while he's going down in the elevator by himself... He's got the Willem Dafoe stuck in his head, and he's saying it out loud, which is funny. And laughing to himself. Okay. Where do you think I ranked this? Let's see. I wasn't going to say it. Yes, you were. No, I thought about it, and I was specifically not going to say it, but then I didn't know what I was going to say. 35. Close. 37. Awesome. So there's only four episodes that are still ranked higher than this. Coming up. Well, that's depressing. My favorite joke, I think, is Lily's face during (laughs) Marshall's Willem Dafoe delivery. How about yourself? Mine is the entire gong scene of just Marshall hitting it, everyone's reaction, and then Marshall, like, (laughs) back-talking. Gongs, louder than you think. Right. (laughs) Right. And I think my least favorite is Barney's with the babies behind me, isn't he? Mine, we skipped over this, but during Robots vs. Wrestlers... Barney like threatens that to if they, bang their daughter. Yeah, when the she turns minute 18. she turns eighteen, and it was so gross. And he did this like thrusting thrust and went gong, gong movement. No, to stick with was, the stick with the gong themes, which I do not remember. So they must have cut that one out. Oh yeah, I think like, they did. Yeah, that I was awful. You. So worst by far. Okay, we have another email as I mentioned by Danielle, and I'm going to go ahead and read it because I am closer to the. I didn't get a chance to print these out, and I'm closer to the. Computer screen, so I will read it. Danielle writes, Hey guys, sorry I was a little under the weather. Really, Danielle? Because it's been weeks and weeks. How under the weather could you have been for that long? I mean, how hard is it to type on your phone? But we'll forgive you. (laughs) I always felt bad for Ted when no one liked his high society talk. I could listen to anyone talk about anything, well within reason. I once watched a 90-minute video on the history of toilets. (laughs) I'm glad I never bought flushable wipes. Okay? I don't need to make well, enemies with the sanitation the, department. Apparently that's part of the documentary. Uh, yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> it took I, me a second. She goes on. Ted leaving the party was a bummer. Like, liking high society doesn't make you a bad person. It's like that, quote-unquote, hate-the-rich-people thing they do on Gilmore Girls. Every group is made of individuals. Some are good, some are bad, and the bad don't represent what the group is. Mm. Jen, have you ever seen Gilmore Girls? I have not. Me it's neither. another one on my list to someday watch. It's supposed to be good. We better watch it soon before we get richer. <laughs> All right. I didn't like any of the jokes. 
Ooh. What? Or I'm sorry, she said I didn't LOL at any of the jokes. But still. Not even the gong? Crazy. But Lily hoping Robin meant Chinese food got a chuckle out of me, which is one we didn't like. <laughs> right. The worst joke would have to be the fart noises after Ted says anything. He just looks so happy to share. It breaks my heart. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, Danielle. Sometimes Danielle's right where we are, and then sometimes she's just <laughs> off on her own world. Yeah, I cannot believe you didn't laugh at the gong scene. Like, that made me laugh so hard I snorted. And that wasn't, that was like the 20th favorite thing from that, uh, that party scene for me. But yes, I did find it very funny. I'm surprised that Danielle was so down on that episode. But that's okay. That's okay. All right, so everyone, uh, next week is The Wedding Bride, which is an amazing episode. It's going to be We awesome. will be sure to be recording next week because I can't wait to get to that one. And if you want to write to us, write to us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. And I will leave everyone, well, first, goodbye, everyone, Jen. (laughs) Goodbye. And I will leave you with this.